Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Coaching Confidence Podcast. My name is David Bertelsall and today I've gone for a slightly different approach. Normally we'd be having a guest on, but the other day I just kind of felt a little bit of spontaneity and I decided to go live on the Endeavour Life Instagram account and talk about all things fitness and nutrition. And it was really a Q&A basis where we had so many brilliant questions come in and um, we talked about so many brilliant topics which affect a lot of people and I thought well we've got to repurpose this we've got to put this out in the podcast for people to listen to um, at a later date so that's what I've done so you guys um, get ready this is going to be brilliant you've got plenty of topics that are going to be really useful for you from fitness and nutrition perspective um, if you're just finding this then please follow me on instagram at david.bertwistle and it at Endeavor Life as well. That's the business account, which um, we do a lot of these Instagram lives directly focusing on the more detailed and technical aspects of fitness and nutrition. All right, Wes Marsh underscore has asked, do you think the one meal a day diet is viable? Um, one meal a day, is it? Is it a real option? I mean, I would say it's probably unnecessary. Why only have one meal a day? Um, if you're not very hungry in the morning, then not having breakfast is an option. But why only have one meal a day? Like when it comes to losing body fat, it's about being in a calorie deficit over an extended period of time. So if you have 2000 calories a day in five meals, or if you have 2000 calories a day in one meal, it doesn't matter you're still only having 2,000 calories a day, so you're still gonna lose body fat at the same rate. The only difference is that having one big meal of 2,000 calories is gonna mean that you're probably really hungry a lot of the day, and then very, very full for a large portion of the day as well, which might make it more difficult for you to lose um, body fat because you're unable to exercise at certain times, or you're very sluggish when you don't have any food, and then, very full and unable to fully exercise when you do. So I would say there's very little point in having only one meal a day. Like what's the the necessity in that? Um, For me, I will generally not eat for the first like five hours of my day. Like from, like I wake up at about half, half seven in the morning at the moment and then I'll have my first meal at around 10, 10, 30, 11 a.m. depending on what I'm doing. Like at the moment, a lot of the time, I'll, I'll just be doing emails, I'll be doing social media, I'll be doing things like that in the morning, and I'm not very active, and I'll just have a couple of coffees, and that's going to be the thing that will keep me going until I have lunch. Um, and then I'll have maybe two or three bigger meals um, as I kind of go through the day. But one meal a day is pretty, pretty pointless. How can one stay committed Ooh, Christine Condon asked, how can someone stay committed? All right, so commitment and motivation, I think they're quite heavily linked. So motivation is obviously very individual to the person. What motivates me might not motivate you, but the themes kind of run true throughout. So when you start thinking about like, why are you doing something, right? Like when you guys say, I want to lose weight, then... My first question would be why? Why do you want to lose weight? And it might be for health reasons, okay? So let's use that as an example. You go, okay, well, I I want to be healthier. Okay, why is being healthy important to you? 
and you go because I've not been healthy for a long period of time and I want to feel better about myself and go okay well why is it important to you to feel better about yourself and to feel healthier and you go because I want to be able to like look after my kids when I get older and I want to be able to um, feel capable and I want to feel confident and I go okay cool so the real reason you want to lose weight is because you want to feel like you can look after your kids as you get older you can feel more confident feel more sexy and you want to feel inside yourself so how would that feel I'd say to you like think about that emotion and that feeling and what's actually going to be going on inside when you're in these moments of doubt it's really important to tie yourself into that that reason why to tie into the um the emotion behind your reason for doing it and that's going to be your motivation because in the times when you want to stop you've got to you've got to take yourself back to that reason you've got to take yourself back to that commitment and that motivation of I want to lose weight because I want to look after my kids because I don't want them to have to look after me. I want to lose weight because I want to be healthy because I want to be able to go and experience life and see all these amazing things and life is better when you're healthy. Like it might be at the moment I want to lose weight because I want to run a lower risk of catching coronavirus. Like the way to stay committed is to know the reason why you're doing it and to have that why deep in you that's the thing that will keep you committed for me um when i get into those times where i'm like i want to stop and i want to give in like my reason why is that you don't take a backward step like i always think to myself like you don't give in because that shows integrity when you say you're going to do something you do it so if i've written a workout if i've if i've put it down on the board and I go, okay, well, I'm committing to me, I'm committing to me to do this, then I'm going to do it because I've said I will. And I don't want to let myself down by not continuing to live up to my standards. Um, and that's how I personally do it. Hopefully that answered your question. Um, we've got a bunch of questions coming in on the actual question board, which is awesome. Um, all right, let's get this one up. How to push up for the new beginning i'm not quite sure what that means um let's see this is a good one okay so we've got one from ale underscore w they had asked how can you recover quickly from workouts um so recovery is a great point for us to talk about because often it gets overlooked we often are just obsessed over how can we make a workout harder? How can we do more? How can we um, make it more intense? What's the new best workout? But actually the recovery aspect is one of the most important parts because recovery is where you actually grow. Like the workout is what breaks you down, but then the recovery is how you grow. And that's often like more important. So how do you recover quickly from workouts? Well. The first thing is going to be that over time, your body will start to get used to that workout and it will recover faster anyway. So if you just started a new training program, you're often going to be really sore because your body's just not used to it at all. After a few weeks, that soreness will naturally reduce anyway. But how can you actually make it better at the time? Well, recovery comes from sleep first and foremost. 
So if you are going to um, do a big workout, make sure that you are sleeping. Like eight hours of good quality sleep should be enough for most people. Some people it's less, some people it's more. Like for me, I'm sleeping around eight and a half to nine hours. That's what my body seems to, to want. Um, so sleep is really important. And the best way to get great night's sleep is to make sure your room is cool. Like you want it to be around 20, 21 degrees Celsius. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. <laughs> Sorry to all you Americans out there. Um, but a nice cool temperature in your room is a great place to start. Uh, try not to drink too much fluids before you go to bed because you don't want to be woken up in the middle of the night needing to go to the bathroom. Uh, go to the bathroom before you go to sleep is another great tip. Uh, try not to look at your phone or um, like screens and stuff like that immediately before bed because the blue light that comes out of your phone hits you into your eyes and it basically sends the signals to your brain to not fall asleep, okay? Because blue light is what you get from the sun at the midday. So you gotta be cautious of doing that kind of stuff. Um, so, Talked about drinking, going to the bathroom, um, blue lights. Oh, and the other thing is try not to do stuff in your bed or in your bedroom except sleeping. Again, obviously, like having sex and stuff. But, like, what I mean is don't answer your emails, don't like read in bed. Try not to do any of those things in bed. Like, your bed, you want to be in a, a place in your head where you're like ready to go to sleep. So, do whatever you need to do outside of it like watch tv in the lounge or read your book in the lounge or whatever and then when you're like okay i'm gonna to go to sleep now that's when you can put your book down put your ipad down whatever it is that you're doing and then get yourself ready brush your teeth go to the bathroom and then turn the light off and get into bed with the intention of going to sleep it's a great way for your brain to to connect your bed with going to sleep and it's easier to shut off that way Get a better night's sleep. So, um, as far as recovery goes, the first and most important thing is going to be getting a good night's sleep. The next thing after that is going to be eating. Make sure you're eating enough food. Um, over time, if you train a lot and you don't eat enough, you will become overtrained or under recovered, depending on how you're thinking about it. And that under recovery will mean that your muscles will be sore, you might get chronic overuse injuries. Um, you run a risk of getting ill, just like sore throats and chest infections, things like that. You become run down. So the first thing would be sleep. The second thing is food. Good question, though. Love that we talked about that. Um, let's go on to another one. So we've got, guys, when you're asking questions, I'm not entirely sure how to do this, but people are asking the questions and they come up, like that one that you just saw on the screen. Um, so when you do that, I can put it up on the screen for everyone to see what's going on. Let's see, let's get another good one. Okay, this is a good question. Should I stretch before and after my workout or just before? Well, stretching is an interesting one. We've got to think about what the point is of that stretch, right? So generally we stretch because we want to elongate the muscle. We want to increase the range of motion that we have at a joint. So say for example, if you look at my arm, right? So my elbow here, I can get completely extended, so it's completely straight, and I can come all the way into this position, um, which is like, I don't know how flexed that is, but let's say like 90, 130 degrees of flexion maybe. Now, 
if my bicep was really, really tight and I wanted to extend it as my bicep gets longer, if it was really tight, I wouldn't be able to fully extend it. It'd be stuck here. And then over time, I could stretch it and elongate that muscle. Right? So that's the main thing that people want to do when they're stretching their muscles is actually try and create more range of motion through a joint. Now, if you're trying to create more range of motion through a joint, then that's where you need to be stretching for longer periods of time. So typically yoga type workouts where you're holding positions and postures for a long period of time is a great way to actually elongate the muscle tissue. Um, those are the kind of things that you don't necessarily want to do before. Okay, You don't really do that before you work out. Holding long stretches is um, not ideal before a workout. Before a workout, you should stretch a little bit. You want to be focusing on the muscles which you're going to be using in that workout and just focusing on taking them from maybe the stiff position that they're in to a slightly more extended position. Now, what I mean by that is, let's say you're going to go running. Um, you want to basically prepare the muscles that you're going to use when you run. So we're talking about the muscles in the legs. You've got your, your calf, your soleus, your hamstring, quads, hip flexors, glutes, like those are your primary muscles that you're going to be using. So we want to be getting those muscles ready to go through the range of motion that you will go through when you run. Because what you don't want is to be really, really stiff and then do something quickly and then muscles tear, right? So you're basically, if you think of it like bread, I don't know how many of you guys bake bread, <laughs> but you know that when you're making bread, you, have, you make the dough, right? And the dough's kind of stretchy. If you take that dough, just pull it, it will just rip. It will just tear apart. But if you slowly kind of knead that dough, it will stretch and elongate. And that's the same thing as your muscles. So your muscles, you want to slowly kind of ease them through to that range of motion that you're going to go through when you're exercising. Otherwise, you might run the risk of taking them through too big a range of motion too quickly and they snap. So in summary, should you stretch before and after? It depends on what you're trying to get. You should stretch a little bit before just to get those muscles ready. And then afterwards, if you wanna focus on elongating the muscles, but you don't have to always have done a workout before that kind of stretching. As long as the muscles are warm, you can then start to stretch them in hold positions for longer. Good question. You guys are firing them in and I love this. This is brilliant. Okay, let's go for Okay, we're going to ask this. This is a cool question. What are your thoughts on the best ways to move while working from home? Now, I think there's so many of you guys that are going to be in this position where you're used to working out at a gym, but at the moment you can't get to one. And maybe you're used to working in an office and now you're stuck at home and your normal movement has like dramatically changed and reduced. So... My kind of like main tips would be that for this, you're not going to be able to do what you would normally do. So the first thing would be if you want to train seriously and you want to try and stay really fit, then it'd be try and find some, um, some equipment to have at home. Like the things that I would suggest for most people are going to be dumbbells. If you can get them, um, you can get like those dumbbells where you kind of 
adjust the weight and they're very small like they're compact ones you could get some of those if you can get you holding them um resistance bands are great they're super cheap in comparison uh they don't take up much space and they're a good form of resistance training and kettlebells they're the other things that i would suggest as well if you can grab that kind of equipment if you can't and you only have body weight then the stuff that i would suggest would be try and go for a run if you're not up for running go for a walk the i think we all kind of think it's all or nothing sorry let me rephrase that a lot of people in fitness think that it's either all or nothing and that either you're on a really good fully programmed training program and that you're like really focused on getting those goals or you're not training and you're like off you're like either i'm dieting to get skinny or i eat whatever the fuck i want and (laughs) that if you're looking at like a sustainable approach and you want to have a lifestyle that you enjoy then that all or nothing approach is really not a great way to think about it trying to incorporate some sort of activity into daily life is the thing that's going to make it more sustainable for you for the long term so trying to get some sort of walk in your day like my sister and adam they get up every morning and they're out the house about half seven and they just go for like an hour's walk and the difference between going for an hour's walk in the morning and just staying in the house all day is massive the the benefits that you'll gain just from simply walking are huge like your calorie burn will go up your mental health increases depression and anxiety reduce um the like your body is much less likely to um go through a reduction of muscle size your heart and your lung function will retain a little bit more these things all will become will stay the same because you're actually using your body so it's not a case of all or nothing with fitness just do as good as you can so if you're at home use your body weight as as um as your main thing like if you can't leave the house use push-ups use squats use lunges jump lunges burpees tuck jumps high knees like get creative with it if you want to do something at home then like i run a a live workout on a saturday um it's at 4 p.m gmt and that's a completely body weight home workout and you can do that all the same sort of things anyway um so you can literally do so much stuff with just body weight a skipping rope is another thing which is a brilliant piece of equipment um very cheap that you can use in your house so those are the kind of main things i would suggest try and go for a walk if you can if you can't stay in the house doing those cardio exercises that i just mentioned and just body weight stuff and you'll you'll do more anyway just i think that something is always better than nothing when it comes to fitness um someone just asked in the comments amari.gw said are you a qualified coach let's just um make sure everyone knows i've got a degree in strength and conditioning science from st mary's university in london um which qualifies me as a strength and conditioning coach i've also got external qualifications as a nutrition coach as well so yes very much qualified um let's go on to oh okay this one's in the comments. Jadalee.sw asked, what is your opinion on the technique of not letting your knees go past your toes when you squat and why? Um, all right. 
I might, might be able to demonstrate this actually. So, actually I'll explain first. Your knees can definitely go past your toes when you squat. The reason that most people hear it that you can't is because what most people will do when they squat is they'll go up onto their toes, their knees will come forward and their heels will come off the floor. And that's bad. So what most coaches say is push your bum backwards, keep your heels on the floor. And that starts to shift your center of gravity. Now I'll explain, I'll show you what I mean by that, okay? You see my feet? Let's see if I turn this down a little bit further. All right, so if a lot of people, if I say do a squat and you've never been taught what to do, often people will do this and they'll kind of go onto their toes here and their knees come really far forward and then they stand up. Okay, if I say squat down, a lot of people do this. Now, this isn't good. That's really not good for your knees for the long term, especially if you're going to be using like a barbell or squatting heavy. So, the next cue which coaches will often say is, don't let your knees come past your toes. Now, as soon as I do that, notice how my bum goes backwards and I sit down here. Now, that is much safer, but it's not the best. Because, as you can see, if I don't let my knees come too far forward, my bum has to go really far back and you'll see that my chest is now facing down towards the floor and my spine is quite like leant forwards. Now, if I let my knees come forward and my heels stay on the floor, watch. You see how much more upright my spine is? Okay, so if I, when I squat normally, I'll squat like this, my knees come further forward. If I don't let my knees come forward, my butt goes further back and my chest falls forward. So you can see that by shifting where my knees are, it means that my hips are either forwards or backwards. Now, if you're using a, a barbell, if you're doing like a back squat, for example, you want your spine to be as straight as possible, right? You want that bar in the middle of your center of mass, because when you do that, it makes it a lot more easy to just go up and down. If the bar's kind of tilting forward and up, it completely shifts the muscles that are used, the stress on your back completely changes. You get a lot more shear force through your spine like this, because your vertebrae are stacked like that. If the weight's going straight down, then it's compressive. But if I tilt my spine, it has a shearing effect. So the forces change. So as far as an opinion on the technique, there's not really, it's not an opinion um, that I think it's good or bad. It is that correct squatting technique allows your knees to come forward. And actually the more ankle flexion that you can get, as in, the more that I can get my knee forward with my heel still on the floor, the better my squat is gonna be. And actually the better position that my spine's gonna be in and the less stress it's gonna be on the hips. So overall, if you can get your knee forward with your heel on the floor and your knee in the right position, then you're actually gonna be in a much better position to squat anyway. So um, yeah, that's what I'm, good, good question. You guys have got some bangers questions today. This is awesome. 
Um, all right, let's go into another question you guys have asked in here. Especially from girls. Um, so the question is, is it possible to lose weight or fat in a specific area? And the thing is that when it comes to losing body fat, it's going to be dependent on you. Okay, and what I mean by that is that your body, your hormonal profile dictates where you choose to lose body fat from and we can't affect it. Like as a trainer, I can't affect it. As an individual, you can't affect it. So the truth is that you can lose body fat from a specific area, but it's dependent on where your body chooses to lose it from. So for me, like my my legs and my butt they're never particularly lean right like i can have a six pack and have like chunky thighs like that's just how my body shape is um i store fat on my triceps but not really on my biceps again that's a personal thing for me like i have friends that um they don't have abs yet their legs are completely shredded and for for women you will store body fat in a different way to men on a mass generalization because um, you'll generally have more around your hips like on, around your actual hip bones whereas men generally don't store much body fat around their hip bones um, so it is an individual thing the truth is that when it comes to losing body fat we need to stop thinking that doing tricep extensions is going to lose body fat here because that's not how it works when you do bicep curls, you don't lose body fat on your bicep. By doing an exercise using a muscle, you don't lose body fat on the area of the muscle that you're, you're using. Um, body fat will be lost over your whole body based on being in a calorie deficit for an extended period of time. And that is the, that's the truth. And everyone needs to, to, to know this because so many times in the fitness industry, you will hear trainers saying, oh, this is great for your triceps or this is great for your um, bingo wings or whatever you guys choose to call this. And I see women doing this going, oh, but my arms are so fat. And I go, yeah, well, look at me. I do the exact same thing. Like this is a muscle. And when it's relaxed, it's going to wobble. <laughs> so it doesn't matter if you're lean and you tense it and it doesn't move. But like the truth is that if you relax it, then it wobbles a lot. So we just need to be a little less critical of ourselves because at the end of the day, um, your, your body is not going to lose fat from a specific area. It's a gradual overall process. And um, we have to learn to love our body shapes because that's the shape that you're going to have. You can affect it by losing fat overall. You can affect it by building muscle mass overall. But... If you have wide hips, you're always gonna have wide hips. If you are six foot one and you stop growing, you're gonna be six foot one. Like I'm never gonna be six foot four because I've fully grown <laughs> and I'm nowhere near six foot four. And um, we just have to accept it. Like my shoulders, my bone structure is the way my bone structure is. So yeah. The fat from a specific area is not really a thing that happens. Um, please be wary if anyone says that it does because it is not the case. And um, it's thinking about things from a more holistic perspective of like, what are the things that I'm doing in my life to live a healthy life? 
Am I eating my veggies? Am I eating lean sources of protein? Am I cutting out the crap, processed, fast food, junk foods? If you start doing those things and you move regularly, like exercise regularly, then you're gonna be healthier. And at the end of the day, like no one cares about the tiny insecurities of your body as much as you. No one's even probably really noticed them. The things that you obsess about up here, about all of the little imperfections, I bet that most people you've ever met have never even seen. And it doesn't really bear as much of an importance to them as you would think. So when we stop obsessing about the tiny little things and we focus on the bigger picture, that's when we become much more happy with ourselves and um, overall our mental health as well as our physical health gets better. Good question. <clears throat> okay, quick questions coming from Vic G99. What do you think about the relation between eating protein and kidney damage? Um, okay, so you can get kidney damage from eating too much protein, but the amount of protein that you have to eat is overwhelming. The only time that, like basically your kidneys break down um, part of the proteins and you get nitrogen which can in your blood, which can lead to nitrogen poisoning. But you have to have so much in order to make that happen that you're never gonna hit that level. Like really that's only ever been found in people that eat super lean game meats like hare and rabbit for an extended period of time without eating other fat or carbohydrates. It's where people have like pretty much a 100% protein diet for an extended period of time. So if you're having like, I mean, you're just never gonna hit that. <laughs> like unless you're on the carnivore diet and you have all of your meat completely lean from like game sources with very little intramuscular fat, it's unlikely you're ever gonna need to worry about it. So as far as a protein recommendation, for people who are exercising, weight training, um, generally active and want to maintain or build muscle mass while in a calorie deficit or at maintenance, then one gram of protein per pound of body weight is gonna be sufficient. Um, you don't need any more than that. It doesn't really help you at all above that marker. So, um, yeah, good question though. Does it really matter about the quantity of something or what is it or what it is? I'm not quite sure what you mean about that, mate. Uh, let's find a question in here. Scroll to the bottom. <clears throat> okay, this is a cool one. It's a little bit different. What are your tips for gaining weight when you have a small appetite? So... I think this is good that we talk about this because a lot of people um, in the fitness industry is all focused on losing fat, but there's actually a bunch of people that struggle to gain weight. Um, we have people at both ends of the spectrum. So the truth is, if you have a small appetite and you want to gain weight, then my first thing would be eat more frequently. It would be um, have more meals throughout the day. When you wake up in the morning, eat straight away so that you're although you may not be hungry you're getting some food in and then throughout the day you can eat regular small meals throughout before you're going to bed as well that'll be the first thing to help getting in calories um if you have a small appetite the next thing is going to be slowly building up 
the quantity and the size of those meals each time you do one. So each, like, oh, let's say a week or two weeks or three weeks, you're like steadily increasing the amount of food that you have each meal. That will actually increase the volume of your of your stomach and therefore your appetite will steadily increase your ability to eat more food will increase as well you can think of your stomach like a like a muscle if you constantly train that muscle it will get bigger and the capacity of that muscle will get bigger but if you don't it'll get smaller so if you only ever eat small meals then your stomach is going to be small but if you have steadily increasing meals then your stomach will get bigger over time the truth is that some people just have really small appetites and they're just not hungry and all of these little things that I said, they might work, but you might just be really hungry. And the truth is, if you are looking to gain weight, and it's the case for me, like when I want to gain weight deliberately, I have to um, eat past the point of being full and deliberately eat more food than I really need. And it kind of, you know, 4,000 calories a day for me is what I kind of need to gain weight with. And at the moment, I'm eating about 3,000. So that's quite a big difference in food. Um, and so that's pretty much it. Like small meals frequently throughout the day, steadily increase the volume of those meals. And um, you might just have to be slightly uncomfortably full in order to, to do it. Like at some point, there's there may not be a perfect solution if you have a very small appetite and you really struggle with it, it might not be that there's ever a perfect solution for you. You might just have to eat more food than you feel comfortable with over an extended period of time to, to build up your weight and build up your muscle mass. Um, but I'm glad that we, we talked about that because a lot of time we don't, we don't manage to. Um, okay. Um, okay, you guys, a few people have been asking about uh, your stomachs, so let's, let's, uh, let's touch on that. So Shazza F1 has asked, what can I do specifically to get rid of my muffin top? Now, uh, muffin top for, for most people, I believe, is this kind of fat storage on your, on your back, around the top of your hips and around the side here. Um, what can you do specifically to get rid of that? Create a calorie deficit, eat less food than your body needs over an extended period of time, exercise on a regular basis, eat your vegetables, and try and find a form of exercise and training that you enjoy. Because losing fat around your belly, losing fat around your hips, is the same as losing fat anywhere else in your body. We can't spot reduce it. We can only um, reduce fat overall from our body. And so, if you find that that's maybe the last place on your body that you lose it from, that might just have to mean that you need to be more consistent with your diet for a longer period of time. And then over time, it will get better. Now, when we look at rate of weight loss, when you think of like, okay, well, how much weight can I be expected to lose? Your, your body, a kind of sustainable rate of fat loss for most people will be about one pound per week of fat, right? Now, you might think, oh God, that's only a pound, but that's not very much, is it? Dave, what's this David's telling me only a pound for? Because like, my mate Sheila lost like five pounds in a week. Okay, 
there's very big difference between losing weight and losing fat because you can lose weight for a whole bunch of stuff. Like I can go to the bathroom, come back and I'll be a pound lighter. I can go to the fridge, get loads of water, drink it and I'll be a kilo heavier. Like weight fluctuates for multiple different reasons. But your fat, if you want to lose fat, then we need to be in a, in a calorie deficit for an extended period of time. So um, that's going to be roughly 500 calories deficit per day will hopefully lose you about one pound of fat a week. Now you do that for a year, that's 52 pounds. Like that's a lot of fucking weight. That's a lot of fat. You'll look completely differently. And 500 calorie deficit isn't particularly hard for most people to sustain. Um, you know, if you want to lose fat faster, you can. The deficit just has to be bigger. And effectively, the faster that you want to lose body fat, the bigger the deficit needs to be, the harder it is to sustain, the more sacrifices you have to make in your social life and in the foods that you eat and um, how you feel. Because like, if you think, say you're in a thousand calorie deficit, then your body is underfed by a thousand calories a day, which is massive which means that you'll be lethargic and tired and you might get headaches and you might be irritable and grumpy and like all of those things that you get when you're really hungry, you might have that consistently. So a 500 calorie deficit of roughly one pound of fat per week, it's sustainable for most people. It's, uh, it's like, I'm kind of hungry. I know that I'm not fully full, but I'm not grumpy. You know, and there's ways you can do to make it easier by eating more vegetables and more higher volume foods and drinking lots of water and those kind of things. So um, slightly went on a detour because we touched about we touched on uh, spot lot spot fat loss reduction earlier and kind of went off on a little tangent. So hopefully that made sense for you guys. Um, Jessica Buta has said lower your sugar intake for the muffin top helped me a lot got rid of refined sugars. All right, let's talk about sugar. So, um, now you guys know that fat loss is a byproduct of being in a calorie deficit for an extended period of time. How would we make it easier to be in a calorie deficit? So, on the flip side, what would make it harder? Calorie dense foods, that are really delicious and highly palatable that you can eat a lot of. So what are those foods? Generally, they are sugary, fatty, and salty foods. So we're looking at like sweet potato fries are salty and fatty. Um, ice cream is sugary and fatty. Cookies are fatty and sugary. Like chocolate, fatty and sugary. They are a combination of sugar, fat, and salt. That's like the, the three things which make it really delicious, really easy to eat, and also they have loads of calories in a small space. So it's not necessarily that it is the sugar itself that is helping you lose the muffin top. It's that if you stop eating sugar, think of all of the foods that you wouldn't eat because you can't have the sugar. It's not like you get sugar-free cookies <laughs> and then you can have the delicious cookie over and over again. It's just not got any sugar in it because they just don't make them because they taste like shit. 
like when you start having sugar-free things, you just don't eat as many calories because you don't have as much junk food. Um, if all of the sugar that you ate was two spoons in your tea each day, that's not going to make you fat. But if you have muffins and cupcakes and cookies, then that is an easy way to eat a lot of food and eat a lot of calories. So sugar as an individual ingredient isn't the problem when it comes to fat loss. Um, diabetes is a completely different thing. But when it comes to fat loss, sugar isn't the individual issue. It is the combination of sugar, fat and salt, which make things really delicious and you want to overeat them. So um, I think when we don't demonize foods, I'm very keen on making sure you guys know that we don't, we don't need to demonize any food and blame something. Because when we understand the, the root cause of why we are getting fat or why we're getting thin, and that's just the calorie deficit, then we can start to make things a little easier on ourselves and not be like, oh no, I can't, I can't have that one scoop of sugar in my tea or that one piece of sugar in my tea because sugar makes me fat and if I have the sugar then I'll get fat because you won't. But if you eat fucking 10 cookies a day, you probably will. And it's not because of the sugar, it's because you had shit loads of calories in the cookies. The sugar just happened to be in there. Um, so good, good point about bringing it up. Um, if you do cut out sugar, it is likely that you won't eat as many calories because of the food that, that sugar is usually in. Cool, cool question though. Right, let's go another one. Let's go another one. And another one. Uh, Instash87 said, hey, I know how much your body fat is. I don't know currently what it is. I would guesstimate it's roughly around 10% maybe. I am relatively lean, but I'm not absolutely shredded. Um, I would guesstimate I'm around 10% body fat, something like that. Hmm, okay, let's, hire, let's get a question out from over here. Deadlift or squat? Great question. Both, fact. You have to do both. <laughs> like, if I was gonna just pick one, I think I would probably just deadlift because personally I believe that a deadlift is a more well-rounded movement being that you use your quads, your hamstrings, your glutes, your erectors in your back, your traps in your upper back, your arms, your biceps, basically all of the muscles in your posterior chain and your hands to pick this heavy ass weight off the floor. Um, Josh has just said, just hit a 220 pound deadlift today, PR, and it feels so good. Can we get a round of applause for Joshy? Guys, if you're watching this, give him a round of applause emoji because we fucking love people hitting PBs. That's what I'm talking about, brother. Um, squats are brilliant um, as well. They're a fantastic movement. And there's so many varieties, but I think for me, a deadlift is probably the winner. Nikita, well done. Thanks for that. Good, good, good. Nice work, team. See, this is what it's all about. It's a supportive community. That's what we want here. You lot are all here to make your lives better. And when someone in this community does something great, I want to fucking celebrate it because we all need that support when, we, um, when we're doing shit in our lives. So thank you very much, team. Loving the support. Um, how do you recommend someone to start off in deadlifts, what's the minimum weight? Uh, nothing, zero. The minimum weight is zero. Um, I don't have one here, but I learned to deadlift 
with a broomstick, like a wooden broom. Because it's not about, initially it's not about the weight. With a lot of exercises, we shouldn't be loading up heavy um, until we're capable, until we can move properly. So like I've got a bar here, but like if I didn't have that, I'd just use a broom to just go through the, um, to go through the technique and get used to the technique. And then once I felt more comfortable that I was like hitting the movement properly and my muscles were engaging right and doing things like that, then I would go onto a bar. Um, Baron Mattel, where do I find a broomstick during quarantine? Mate, I don't know, go steal your mums. <laughs> like, I used to do it with the broom still on the end. <laughs> deadlifting like practicing with a literal broomstick um and then in the gym they ended up getting a wooden one and cutting off the broom and we just used the wooden part of the broom um but yeah once you're feeling comfortable then you just use a bar literally just an empty bar go through the movement again make sure you're the main thing when you're deadlifting is just make sure your spine is straight like this like i never want to see any of you guys deadlifting in this position stick your chest out Okay, be proud, stick your chest out, and you will uh, you'll deadlift better. Good question though, love it. Okay, let's go. Um, okay, cool, we've got a question from Mia Richter. She said, how do you find motivation to start working out and eating healthy? Now, um, I touched on this at the start of the live about motivation and commitment and stuff. So I'm gonna kind of quickly recap that essentially Mia, your motivation comes from your reason why, okay? So why do you want to work out? Like, why do you think it's important? And this is the same for anything you do in your life, right? It's not just working out, it's not just eating healthy, but like, why do you do anything? And the social pressure shouldn't be the reason. Oh, I have to work out. Like, if you ever say stuff, oh, I have to work out, then you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Like, think about the reason why why it's important like i mean this is personal for everyone like for me my why um is is there's multiple things like i train my motivation for training is that one i put a lot of time into it already and i feel like i'm at a point where <clears throat> i'm fit and i'm healthy and so i should keep going because i've already invested a lot and it would be stupid to let that slide back down because getting better is harder than maintaining so i should at least maintain so that's my one motivation to start with the second motivation is you guys like i train and i feel motivated to train because i know that the more i push myself the more that i can help you guys i can learn more i can um, train more i can share that experience i can motivate and inspire you guys and so like a big part of my motivation is you beautiful people too. And then the third thing, um, which is becoming a bigger motivator more and more, is that I want to be able, right? What I mean by that is I've had injuries, right? Like from being 15, 16, playing rugby, like I've had ACL reconstruction, I've had three ankle operations, I've torn both my hamstrings multiple times, I've dislocated a rib, I've broken my nose, I've got fucked up fingers, like I've had so many injuries. I've also got a dislocated shoulder here, um, been knocked out, and they suck. 
Like injuries suck, and but they're part of life. And every time I've had an injury, I've realized that the ability for me to move in this world is of paramount importance. The like my body, I see my body as the vehicle that carries my mind through the world. That sounds really profound, but it's not. It's basically just that I think, obviously, we all think with our heads and our minds and stuff, and my body is just the physical capacity for me to move through the world. And I want to see the world. I want to experience things. I want to climb a mountain. I want to go swimming. I want to ride a camel again. Like, I want to do all these things and being physically fit enough to do them and just not have to think, oh, I wonder if I can do that. I wonder if I'm able it's just not something I ever want to have. And so as I go through life and as I get older, like I'm 30 now, in 10 years I'm going to be 40, then 50, 60, 70. I want to be as fit as I can when I'm older so that when my kids are running around, I can fucking run after them and I can pick them up and I can throw them in the air. And like when they're 20, I'm still going to be fit schooling them in the gym and like running and going surfing. And like that is my motivation that's a big part of it um and so you can see like motivation for me is threefold um plus obviously i want to stay in shape and i want to look good as well so there's a, a vanity aesthetic aspect of it too so with motivation think about why why is it that you want to do the thing that you want to do and don't just settle on the first answer go three deep okay why do you want to lose weight? Because da 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 da. Okay, why is that important? Because da 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 da. Okay, why is that important? And then you'll find your real reason. Ask why three times, and that will find your real reason. Hold on to that because that is what um, will get you the deep motivation. Cool. All right, team, um, we're going to do a couple more questions and I'm going to head off because my battery is running very low. Do you recommend CrossFit or gym muscle focused exercises? And that's from Talon underscore Martin. Um, it's a personal one, really. Like I have been a member of a CrossFit gym um, and regular gym and they have pros and cons to both of them. The way I like to train is I like to train CrossFit style, so like functional fitness rather than bodybuilder style training, which means that in order for me to train like that, it's better for me to be in a CrossFit style gym. It doesn't have to be an actual CrossFit gym, but just a CrossFit style gym where there's a lot of open space and a variety of functional fitness. But for you, it depends on what you want, right? CrossFit gyms are brilliant at giving you a sense of community, a sense of belonging, a sense of support and accountability because most CrossFit gyms have classes and when you sign up to a class you're therefore accountable to be in that class and do the thing in the class which helps a lot of newbies another great thing about CrossFit is that if you've got good coaches they'll teach you the um, they'll teach you the technique and they'll teach you how to lift a little bit more which is great too um, <clears throat> you're also more likely to work out a little bit harder if you're in a CrossFit gym because of the community, because of the people there, because of the style of training. However, if you want to be uh, look like a bodybuilder, if you want to just focus on getting bigger and 
building more muscle mass and your focus is purely aesthetic, then it's probably more beneficial to be in a traditional gym because the traditional gym setup is more designed for um, that sort of thing. You know, CrossFit, unless you're a very good CrossFitter, you're unlikely to get much bigger, right? You'll hit a point, you'll you'll get a little bit bigger and you'll get a little bit leaner, um, but you're not gonna get massive. Like CrossFit is far too conditioning based. You're just never gonna lift enough volume, you're not gonna do enough isolation exercises, you're not gonna overload the muscles enough to get much like too big. When you see CrossFitters at the CrossFit Games, they're massive, they're also quite short, like they're, you know, I think Matt Fraser's like five foot seven or five foot eight, like they're quite small people, but they're very muscular because they train all the time, it's their job. But most people that do CrossFit don't look like that. Um, so CrossFit or gym, it really depends, really depends on what you're trying to get out of it. Um, I think there's benefits for both. But if you wanted to just follow a gym program and go to a regular gym, then that would solve most of the problems. Like CrossFit gyms are often very expensive because you're paying for the classes. Like in London, <laughs> in London, a CrossFit gym will set you back about 200 pounds a month. Um, a regular gym, you can get for like 30 pounds a month. So the difference is massive. It really does depend on what you're trying to achieve. Okay, let's find you guys a good one more question to finish off. Um, Nelly Nelly 2 said, not a question, just a comment to say that I'm loving the Saturday Zoom session, so thank you. You are very welcome. Okay, this one's kind of a little bit about me. I'll do another one after this, but I think it's quite a good one to answer. Um, Ali Holmes has said, have you found yourself more self-conscious about how you physically look since being on too hot to handle and or upping your workouts to change anything you don't like? No, I haven't actually. Um, the interesting thing is I don't feel any different whatsoever about how I look or anything since doing Too Hot To Handle because my focus of training isn't about how I look. How I look is a byproduct of me doing the other things. Um, I enjoy training, I enjoy fitness, I enjoy lifting weights, I enjoy it being part of my life, my friends, my family. I have people that support me in it. And so I enjoy the process now mentally a lot. And I don't feel like, I, I, I don't know, I'm just like, since I stopped focusing too hard on how I look, my body shape has pretty much stayed the same for the past few years. I don't get fat and I don't get skinny. I don't go through bulks and leans. I'm just pretty much like this the whole time. Um, sometimes I eat more at like Christmas and I'll gain a few pounds and then January I'll go on like a four week little cut just to get rid of the extra few pounds because for me it's it's just as simple as like eating less or eating more because I already train a lot um, but now like where I'm at at the moment I can maintain this just through kind of three or four workouts a week eating roughly 3,000 calories a day and this is just how I am. So I don't feel any additional pressure. I embrace my body for what it is, the things that are good about it, the things that aren't good about it, I don't over obsess. And we talked a bit earlier about embracing your body shape and 
that's something that is really important for for you guys to do as well because we don't all look the same it's one of the brilliant things about being human is that there's billions of us and we don't look alike <laughs> so like embrace the parts of your body because no one's going to obsess about them as much as you okay that's the thing if you've got wide hips you've got wide hips you've got narrow hips you've got narrow hips like i don't get very big triceps right like i have friends that have huge triceps they stick out like this that's what i wanted when i was younger and i would do loads of these but because my tendons see how small that muscle is here if it was like that it would look huge but it's not my muscle is really really short so i'm just never going to have big triceps it's just how it is um so it's kind of just how i accept it really but cool question all right now let's find one about um something really really beneficial and uh alex wheeler by the way i like that you're starting to do this mate um alex has started to coin the term burt wisdom and i think that's quite funny so <laughs> thanks mate Uh, will, madam, will you be saving this IGTV? Yeah, I will. I'll save it. I'll put it on here. Um, and it will be on... I'll have to find a good cover photo for it. I know, it will just be... It'll be on the IGTV on Endeavor Life. Probably won't be on the main page. If you guys are um, ever looking for the IGTV part of Instagram, you know, you've got those three buttons when you're looking at someone's profile. The top left is their grid. The top right is their tagged. And the one in the middle is their IGTV. That's where this is going to be saved, so if you ever want to go back through it. All right, Instagram is telling me I've got 1 minute 20 um, before it's just going to cut me off. So I'm not going to be able to answer any more questions. But what I am going to do is just say thank you to you guys because you've been so involved and so invested. You've had some brilliant questions, absolutely fantastic stuff. I love how involved you guys are. Um, yeah, I'll do these more and more. I just kind of fancied it today <laughs> like i had a thing in the diary and it cancelled so i was like well fuck it i'll just go live and and chat to you team so i'm glad that so many of you uh jumped on and asked some amazing questions so team um go have a great day if you are at home if you do want to do a bodyweight workout i'm running them on saturday at 4 p.m uh you can go to my personal page and in the, the link in bio, there's a bit to book into it. So you can go in there. It's only a fiver, so it's super cheap. And we have a great laugh. And um, yeah. So anyway, team, I'm going to shoot off now. You lot go have a great day. Thanks so much for the support. Love you all. And I will see you real soon.